It's playoff time. Big stakes, bigger promotions. Every day of hockey's playoffs, DraftKings will have $20,000 in total prizes up for grabs. The best part, it's free to get your shot at these daily cash prizes. DraftKings will be offering two free-to-play pools every day of the NHL playoffs, offering players a free shot at $20,000 in total prizes. Dang, I could use 20000 right now. That sounds so nice right now. DraftKings free-to-play pools are easy to enter. Just download the DraftKings app, go to pools, and choose from a wide variety of free contests for an opportunity to win cash prizes. Cold hard cash, people. Money. Money. Cash money. All you have to do is answer a handful of questions around what you think is going to happen during that day's hockey games and track your results throughout the evening. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. So when you go out for steak at a strip club, you can make it rain too. Download the top-rated DraftKings app now and use promo code THPN when you sign up to get your free shot at twenty thousand dollars in total prizes. That's a lot of strip club steak every of day of steak. the hockey playoffs. That's right. Head to DraftKings pools page to get your shot at huge, huge cash prizes. That's promo code THPN for a limited time. Only at DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. I was walking through the halls of a Minnesota rink when along came a wild fan who started talking smack to me. He said, I bet you never liked the blues until they won a cup. So I calmly turned to him and said, hey man, listen up. I admit it's pretty great to win Lord Stanley's prize, but listen, I've been waiting for this moment my whole life. Yes, sir, I'm a blues fan. Yes, sir, I'm a blues fan. Heartbreak's all I knew, man. That team from old St. Lou, man. Got a cup in here, 52, man. Give me a let's go blues. I know Federko, Turnbull, Gilmore, Brown, Chattel, Bothwell, Baybitch, Mahar, Mullen, Millen, Sutter, Pedersen, Pavisi, Curry, Zuckley, Uthard, Hunter, Schofield, Reeves, Ramage, Kia, Dunlop, Wickenheiser, Crombeam, Benning, Raglan, Ewan, Nicoletti, Ramage, Romney, Pavlovsky, Evans, Cavallini. Yes, sir, I'm a blues fan. Yes, sir, I'm a blues fan. Heartbreak's all I knew, man. That team from old St. Lou, man. Got a cup in here, 52, man. Give me a let's go blues. <laughs> The starting lineup for your Blue Notes podcast, Tom Franklin. And Wags is at a wedding in North Carolina, but we do have oh, and reacts. Hello yes, and welcome do. to Blue Notes, located on the best city on the Mississippi, the best in the Midwest. We've got that Stanley Cup power, too sweet to be sour. And if you're still clueless, we are talking about St. Louis. This is your home for Blues playoff hockey coverage Woo! on the Hockey Podcast Network for however long it'll last. I'm Tom Franklin, joined as always by my enthusiastic <laughs> comrade, Blues fan reacts, Mason. How's it going, bud? It's doing wonderful. We're in the playoffs. It's finally time. You know, I wasn't, I was pretty, I wasn't super thrilled about the Bruins Capitals game yesterday. Uh, (laughs) Hopefully today's games will maybe make that better. And hopefully the Blues can come out strong 
get a solid game one win. If you guys remember, beginning of the season, we already won a game one against Colorado, then got lost like eight nothing in the very next game. We don't talk about about that. We won four one. Very first game of the season. These guys are beatable. They They are. They are beatable, and uh, the Blues have proven that they are beatable. The Blues have a 3-5 and five record against Colorado this year, so uh, hope springs eternal, especially when you compare their record to uh, to Vegas, which we'll mm. talk about that later and talk about why we're so happy we're facing Colorado and not Vegas because we might actually win one against Colorado. Yeah. Interesting, interesting. Great. Absolutely. So we'll we'll get into some playoff talk here. We have Griffin Young sitting in the sidelines. He is from the Tell It As It Is podcast on THPN, and uh, we will get a preview from the ass perspective from him as well. as, And he can also hear about our worries about David Perron being on the COVID protocol list. And Already? Uh, we just started, Tom! We just started! I know. I know. It's, it's almost always never easy with the Blues. There always has to be some additional hurdle that the Blues have to come, uh, have to clear besides, you know, the actual game at hand. You know, why not just get all the COVIDs out of the way? Why not just like get everybody infected throughout the season, and then now the playoffs? We're got no, we have to wait till the playoffs. Haven't we had three people on the COVID list in the last two games of the year? Well, and then ridiculous. The, Jake Wallman and Mackenzie McEachern are still on the COVID list. At, you know, yeah, so Nathan Walker is too. Uh, Nathan Walker's on the list as well. Yep, Nathan Walker's there too. Oh, oh that, must, that must have been a new. I didn't see that one, man. Uh, yep. uh Well, John Hefner doesn't have a uh, COVID. He is uh, checking in, saying hello, uh, Reactor. Talking to you. So, uh, uh-huh. welcome to the show, uh, Mr. Hefner. And um, we'll get into that. Also, shout out to our twenty-five dollar. Center Ice Brewery beer run winner, Center Ice Brewery, of course. Uh, they We ended up doing a contest in the final month of the season. We asked you to pick how many points the Blues would end up with, and this was like right at the ass crack of a bad hearing. Oh, yeah. So, um, we, we were very, me and Tom were very pessimistic. We, we were, were we not were the, happy. We were the bottom two picks on this, <laughs> and uh, I'm happy to report we missed badly on that oh, so, yeah. uh, we, by, I think, at least eight points for us. Uh, shout out to Vegas Blues fan who also took part in that contest, I believe. But he was not the winner. The winner had to go a little further out west for that. It is the man who you just can't avoid on St. Louis Blues Facebook or Twitter anymore. It is Guy the Hawaii Blues fan. He is uh, international, people. He is internationally known. That is right. And he is also <laughs> a St. Louis Beer Contest winner. Uh, he ended up picking exactly 63 points, which is where the Blues ended up. He needed the Blues oh, to win. He needed the Blues to win all three games, uh, the final three games of the year against L.A. and then the two against Minnesota. And guess what? They did it. So uh, miracles do happen. Uh, he should already have his gift certificate already. And uh, he is going to be – we let him in the contest, by the way. We initially – just as a disclaimer, we limited it to St. Louis area residents only. But he is going to be in St. Louis later this year. So we g- gave him an exception. We gave him yeah. a pass, if you will. Of course. Um, also, I'm glad he entered because I believe if 63 points would have been right in between two guesses, so that would have been a potential controversy. But regardless, Guy the White Blues fan, he is going to get $25 to spend at Center Ice Brewery, whether it is beer, whether it is shirts. They have excellent shirts there as well. Ooh. And uh, oh, yeah, I have. I, I got to get me a shirt. I got to get me a shirt. They really have good. De- I mean, they, they have the most creative can designs like I. I'm drinking their hard cider right now, which I'm a big cider fan. Um, mm-hmm. It's not their most creative, but then they but they have others that are just like phenomenal. Like the old arena sh- um, cans and bottles are very creative and uh, they have shirts uh, for those as well. So 
Uh, I want to say hello to our uh, uh, people that are uh, watching right now on YouTube and Facebook. John Hefner, we already uh, gave you some dab. Vegas Blues fan uh, checking in. Jordan York checking in. How you doing, Jordan, today? And um, it looks like we have John and Jordan communicating each other in the commu- in the chat, which is great. We love having our Blues fans interact with us on our episodes when we do them live every Sunday. Um, cheers go out to that. So um, without further ado... We have to uh, tackle the elephant in the room. It is Griffin Youngs, and I just called Griffin Youngs an elephant. Um, but he represents oh. the uh, but he represents the elephant of hockey right now, and that is the Colorado True. Avalanche, the President's Trophy winning Colorado Avalanche. And Blues fans, we all know how great winning a President's Trophy is. Uh, do we though? <laughs> <laughs> we, won. We, won. Yeah. We, we won it once. We it, have once. That went wonderful. That went great. Thank Who you, did we San lose Jose. to? Who did we lose to? I was wonder. San Jose I and seven. San Jose okay. and seven way back in the day, and we're still not sore about that. Definitely not. Nope. We, not even. Wow. No. We've totally no. moved on from that. Absolutely. And, oh, yeah. Uh, and I'm sure Colorado's going to break that, you know, bad stigma with the President's Trophy. I'm sure there's going to be no problems at all. No, they're, they're, they're blues are gonna give them some problems, I predict. So let's go ahead and bring them in. And I do not have our uh, uh special intro, we've already had him on a couple times this year. And you can only intro a guy specially so many times before he just you know pretty much just like you just got to bring him on and say hello. Griffin Youngs joins us from Tell It Abs. It is how's it going, Griffin? I'm feeling good, feeling pretty presidential, I must say. Oh, pretty, god, all right, that's my cue with that president trophy because we as Avalanche fans have no ill will towards the President's Trophy in our past. The last time the Avalanche won the President's Trophy was coincidentally also the last time the Avalanche won the Stanley Cup in Mm. 2000-2001 season. So I am pretty happy with it. And who did you beat en route to that? Hmm, I wonder. Uh, Can can you remind me? Um, Yeah, yeah, uh, some team from the Mississippi River. I think they're they're not important. Uh, their tourist uh, attraction is yeah. an event rod. Yeah, Patrick Wad did not uh, treat the Blues very kindly <laughs> that playoffs. I remember, I mean, I, there was like one game. I think the Blues would have like fifty against Patrick, and they only beat him once. It was just he was standing on his head. He's Patrick Wall. He's he's the goat. So respect where it is due. Um, by but you know, it's, you mentioned you're happy to be here. I'm happy you're here. I'm happy we're talking to you and not the Vegas Nightly guys as it was looking there for a while because well between you and vegas you're the team that i think the blues might actually have a snowball's chance in hell of beating in the first round i say that because the blues in the regular season had a three and five record against the abs uh they were outscored 26 21 but take away that eight to one eight nothing blowout game then you know that's looking a little bit better um Compare that to Vegas. The Blues uh, against Vegas, they had a two and six record this year. They were outscored thirty-four to eleven. The Blues have no no answer for Robin Leonard at nope. all. He, Leonard owns us. Um, yeah. So I uh, I personally feel glad that we're facing the Avs over, over the uh, over the Vegas Golden Knights. As weird as it sounds, did you hope to face the Blues in the first round uh, instead of the Wild, or what was your preference? My personal preference was to play the Blues in the first round, but I think I might be in the minority of Avs mm-hmm. fans with that opinion. A lot of us wanted the Wild because we have owned the Wild 
pretty heavily this season outside of like our final two game stretch back early last month mm-hmm. where the avalanche were just exhausted but i've wanted the blues for a little bit now but it specifically had to do with i want minnesota to play vegas because vegas matches up very poorly with them so i wanted them to beat the crap out of each other for a little that bit but sense. just purely from an avalanche perspective It's not that I think the Blues are easier. I actually want the Blues because it's a difficult enough series that they have to take it seriously. And also just, yes, Minnesota just has a vibe right now of just being like a team of destiny. They they just look like they're having a great time right now, except when they play the Blues. Currently currently tied uh, one to one. Zero zero. Zero zero. In Vegas, which is. They're being outshot. Wilder being outshot 32-20 right now. Mm Yeah. I've got that on just Wild's gonna win. Wilder gonna win. Just oh, I hope so. That'd be that'd be amazing. But anyway, that would uh, be amazing. With the the, I was saying the Wild just have that team of destiny feel right now. They look like they're having a great time, and just I'd rather avoid that in the first round. Not that I'm afraid of them. We'd beat them if we played them in the first round, but just like why take that chance? And the Blues, they're good. I respect them completely. But when you just you look at the Blues, technically have a losing record. So yes. it, it's hard for me to make that leap in my mind that I would rather oh. play the team that we finished like three points ahead of in the standings. So not that it's any disrespect to the Blues. It's really because I like the Blues and I think this is going to make for an entertaining series that I wanted to play them. I did not want to play Arizona. That, that mm-hmm. made me want to wretch thinking about. But yeah, <laughs> I, wanted, I wanted to play the Blues for a little bit now. We've, got, sure. our, we've got our own issues against Arizona, don't we? Mitch? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we 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 hate them, and uh, say since they're moving to the central with us, then uh, hey, we can both hate on them a little bit together. Yeah, there. But, they're uh, the nightmare. I mean, if, that doesn't go away. Yeah, but, well, if I'm thinking about if I'm an Avs fan, I I'd rather play the Blues as well. You know, just because I mean, Wild. Just look at them in the standings. They have their really good games, and they have their really poor games. You know, so the Blues are a significantly more well-rounded team. I feel like. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you're going to, it's the, you're right. You know, the blues are lack of a better term, like your warm up team for the next round. If you, if you really think about it, cause you saw the money puck odds, 15%. We have 15%. <laughs> that is the highest odds I could so find. You're saying there's a chance. So you're saying there's a chance, <laughs> but Hey, I will say this. If you, if we beat you, you're never going to hear that. You're never going to hear the end of it. You're, oh, you I, won't. I won't hear about it at all. I'm never coming back. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, we could be seeing the last moments of the Tell It As It Is podcast as we speak. Gee. Wow. I'm just, I might disappear for a little bit. I might change my name. <laughs> but uh, yeah. What would you change uh, it to? Griffin Young's uh, I don't know. Reacts? What are you gonna do? <laughs> I'm not I'm not making that leap in my mind yet, but the with the with those percentages, I think those are a little skewed just because the Avalanche are such an analytically favorable team. I mean, mm-hmm. they, they lead the league in like goals for percentage, goals against percentage. They're at least, I think they're number one in goals against, which is pretty surprising when you think about it, but third in goals for percentage. Mm-hmm. So their analytics are very skewed in that metric. I, w- I wouldn't yeah. go and say they're 88 to 12 percent yeah. in this series because it's <laughs> hockey and it's crazy yeah, and yeah like reading dom lecision's article in the athletic he said like these are the highest odds i have seen in the last decade and the highest since mm-hmm. pittsburgh took on ottawa in 20 like 13 like yeah so no love the avalanche are the favorites they are heavy favorites oh yeah but 
88%. Like, yeah, see, that, that's a sport like hockey and against a team with championship pedigree like the Blues, I, I can't go that far. May, I'd go maybe 75. Like, I think I'd just considering bounces and everything like that and considering yeah. just the sport, 75 is still pretty high. But mm-hmm. 88, I can't make that leap in my right. mind. Well, well, another thing that you have to keep in mind, too, is the Blues have been really good the last you know three weeks has been the best hockey that we've seen all year the reason why you know we our our standings are so bad right now is because we just had an abysmal first two-thirds of the season it was just brutal for us so you know that's you know getting hot at the right time it's a big factor when it comes to the playoffs so i mean if you look at you know all the whole season statistics yeah you're right the colorado avalanche are a very you know statistically favorable team but you're also looking at the blues from a whole series from a whole season perspective too. And so that definitely shifts the odds a little bit against us in that favor. But I'd say a 70, maybe even a 70, 30 is where I'd probably put the odds at. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, nothing wonderful. Cause we all know that, you know, blues are like probably bottom three worst teams of the playoffs right now. Like, okay. I'm like, I'm a blues fan. And I can say that with pretty, I can say that with confidence that we're one of the bottom three besides, you know, the two Canadian teams that are in, well, uh, it's it just losers, yeah. and not only that, but the Blues are kind of a hard team to really pin down and say this is who they are because mm-hmm. they play like they have a really good record, you know, against like Minnesota, for instance. The Blues had a six and two record against Minnesota this year, and they outscored them 35 19. And the last two games of the season, you know, it, it, it wasn't a contest. I mean, the, I mean, the Blues really took it to Minnesota, but mm-hmm. yet, you know, we struck, we had our struggles this year against Anaheim. And and Los Angeles and Arizona, for some reason, owns us. I this is it's been a weird season for the Blues. They've they they I, and I think a lot of it's been self-inflicted this year because the talent's there. I mean, the talent's there. The championship pedigree's there. The team, you know, minus, you know, Petro and a few others. I mean, it's mostly the same team from, you know, 2019. Uh, but it's just, you know, they dealt with injuries. They dealt with confidence issues you know like there were there were times where i never thought the blues were going to score again you know there were there was a there was a stretch in there where i I was like we are never ever going to get a goal again because i mean this there was no cohesion on offense we were talking like i remember doing an episode mason where we were talking about as craig bruby lost this team you know, mm-hmm. and were we talking about maybe is Craig Ruby on the hot seat this offseason? I think he saved his job, you know, down, coming yeah, down for stretch. Sure. Um, and really, I think he's got Ryan O'Reilly to thank for that because it was really O'Reilly, you know, when going down 2 nothing against Colorado that, you know, kind of threw a you hit see, yeah. on the bench. And then he scores a hat trick in the game and just kind of puts the team on his back. Um, they needed that from from him, and they needed that all season long. And uh, it's it's just been a weird season. And I personally think, you know, the, the Blues are playing well going into the playoffs. I would say I would mm-hmm. I don't have really any concerns about their form. Uh, we can talk a little bit about you know Perron being on the COVID list and Jake Wallman being on the COVID list. Um, but what's your assessment of the Abs going into the playoffs here? Because um, you know, just from a distance, you know, I, I know you guys have held McKinnon out, you know, a couple of games. Rantanen's been hurt. Um, you know, it seems like you're dealing with some injuries, but yet you're still playing good hockey. So, what's your assessment of the Abs form going into uh, the playoffs? The Avalanche have been very, very good coming into the playoffs. To win the President's Trophy down the stretch, they needed to be essentially perfect. Like, I was talking in one of my episodes, uh, second to last game to Vegas, the one we ended up losing. You know, we had 
Dubnik in net and we're missing Ranton. And like I said, you can lose a maximum of one game if you want to win this division. And they did. They lost one game to the Sharks. They went the rest of the way and they had to go five and zero to win the president's trophy down the mm-hmm. stretch. They did. Vegas gave them no help. Minnesota gave them no help. They all won. The only difference was that final game against Vegas where that was a that was a playoff game, essentially. That was the biggest yeah. game of the season. The top line got shut down, essentially, but they still found a way to win. And those yeah. final two games against the Kings to clinch the President's Trophy were about as good as you can expect them to be. Grubauer is looking very good right now. He is essentially the reason we beat Vegas that day and finishes his season with a shutout against the Kings. Like This team is coming in very hot right now. They're on a sizable winning streak. They're com- essentially completely healthy now. Saad is going to be back for game one. McKinnon said he's 100%. They were, it was mainly just precautionary. Like He was held out before the Vegas game. He played in the Vegas game and was held out after the Vegas game just because why risk it at yeah. that point? So Dubnik, our backup goalie, is going to be back. He's off of protocol. Grubauer, well, hopefully we don't have to see Dubnik. But I want to see Dubnik. To, I mean... I would love to see that. That would be yeah. wonderful. I know, I know you would, but Grubauer is, he's back. I was worried about him for a little bit last week. Not anymore. He is 100% back, and he's playing some of his best hockey of the season right now. This team's healthy. I mean, like Byram's going to be back as well. There's really not huge injuries outside of the ones that we knew were going to be lingering into the playoffs. This team is really healthy for one of the few times all season. Like this is a team that's been healthy for maybe 30% of the season at most, maybe 40, but this team's healthy right now and they are hot and they are confident and they are ready to play. And and I think this is a team that can also ramp it up in the playoffs. I think McKinnon is the kind of guy that when the playoffs come around, there's, there's a switch that flips in Mm -hmm. that brain that takes him to, another level because if you rewind time back to last year's playoffs mckinnon only went one game without a point in the entire run yeah i think i think this team is gonna be very ready to go and from what from what it sounds like for st louis sounds like the the dominoes are already starting to fall with some guys yeah, a little bit and it's, it's unfortunate it's it's very unfortunate i mean you know because i mean for one david perron has been you know, really a heart and soul guy for this team. And he's a guy, you know, that it, it's interesting with him because he's getting older and I believe he's got what one year left on his contract. Two years. Yeah. But uh, he's been talked about as a guy that, well, maybe they expose him to Seattle just because of the numbers game. And I'm like, keep him, no. please, for the love of God, keep David Perron, which is funny because when in Perron's, you know, first two 10 years in St. Louis, I wasn't a big fan of him. I, I thought he took dumb penalties. He was very streaky. He seemed very petulant at times, you know, just, you know, had some maturity issues. Um, but then he goes to Vegas and then Vegas returns him to St. Louis, essentially just like a whole new hockey player. And and he's been phenomenal down the stretch. So if he's going to be out for an extended, extended period of time, the Blues are going to have some issues. Uh, and, and, and it's, it's, and I think that's one thing 
why and one reason why I still think the Avs win this series and they might still win it win it in five or six just because you look at the Avs down the stretch they won the president's trophy and they had to do some work to win that president's trophy I mean they 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 won it on the last game essentially and they did it without McKinnon they did it without Rantanen at times um and it, you had all these you know you know stars that are going down to injuries they didn't skip a beat the Blues, on the other hand, you know, we're looking at the prospect of losing Perron, and we're kind of like, oh, God. You know, just because you don't know who's going to step up. Um, you know, he and O'Reilly have that great, uh, that great, you know, kind of, you know, third sense connection with each other. Now that's might be done for at least one round. It's, it's a scary proposition. And not only that, but you mentioned Grubauer. Um, you know, Mason can kind of attest we've been kind of up and down on Bennington this year, you know, to, to mm. say the least. It's not entirely his fault. I think the Blues scheme now, they give him too much to do, you know, in, in goal. Like they don't really help him out a lot of times on defense. The, 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 the shape of the Blues defense has really changed kind of from 2019 where uh, we've gone into more of a smaller puck moving mobile defense as opposed to having, you know, the big uglies back there. And they've, they, they, and they try to go into this rush style. I think they, they, the defense was set up to be kind of like a rush style offense. And I think that was some of the problems the blues are having this year is that they had trouble getting the puck out of their own zone. So you can't have a rush when you can't get out of your own zone. So they kind of, you know, as the season went, has gone on, they've kind of gone back to, you know, their old, you know, chip and chase kind of a style. And that's kind of worked for them. Um, but that's going to be an area where if if Kyle, if, if we're I talked about, you know, the Blues putting up 50 on Patrick Waugh the last time you guys won the president's trophy and you guys still won. Um, if, if you're putting up 30, 40 shots on Bennington, um, Mason, I'm not confident that they'll go beyond five. Mm, yeah no definitely you need to i mean because we are you got to keep in mind the people that we've lost this year you know we got gunnerson's out for the year he's he's a he's he's you know he did struggle to see in the lineup for a little bit there but he you know at the end of the day he's a defense he's a defenseman uh oscar sunquist one of your best defensive forwards he's out you're not going to see any of him no you know and then david perron who can back check you know, David Perron's not invisible on in the defensive zone. We've nope. seen him on the penalty kill a few times this year. You know, so that's that, that's another player that you you're just going to miss. You know, you're going to watch the Colorado power play, and you're going to see him pepper five, six, seven shots on each power play, and you're going to and Bennington's going to be sprawling all around. It's like, hey, little help here. You know, so even if Jordan Bennington brings back that 2019 spirit, which I'm not convinced that he will, <laughs> but I, and I even if he does, like uh, we're you're still gonna get you know 40 shots against pretty consistently if we don't tighten up and like seriously tighten up like we did against Minnesota, you know, in the last game or Minnesota in the game before that. You know, you have to get consistency out of your defense, or it doesn't matter how good Jordan Bennington is, you are gonna lose three nothing, four nothing, five nothing kind of thing. Those goals will stack up quick, it will swing the momentum, and it will cause Jordan Bennington to make big mistakes. It's just flat out going to happen. Uh, I do have a question, though, uh, Griffin. If you look at, you know, it, it. so as a Blues fan, looking at the Blues, if I'm the Blues coach, I'm saying shut down the first line because, you know, for a long time, Colorado's always been known as a one-line team. And that's not true, especially not this season. We've seen a very well-rounded team. But you look at the defense. You, you see that the defense of the Blues can shut down 
good lines. You know, we've seen them yeah. shut down Vegas's top line. We've seen True. them shut down, you know, Minnesota's top line. We've seen them shut down Kirill Kaprizov in the last three games that we've played against him. So I guess, is there any concern that maybe the rest of the roster can pick up the slack that maybe the first line just can't provide? No, not at all. The The depth can definitely provide. And I, I can point to the Vegas game as being a prime example of that because Colorado's top line is capable of being shut down. There have been several occasions this season where they have been. And just look back last Monday at the Vegas game. McKinnon, Ranton, and Landeskog, I would say, were bad in that game. They were completely shut down. You get goals from Andre Burakovsky, who's red hot right now. That I think that's a name you guys are going to be very familiar with over the yeah, next little while. We're looking, yeah, I know. I already have a picture guy. of him on my door and I'm throwing darts at it. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> and that and then you've got JT Kopfer who scored 40% of his goals in like the final two games of the season. He scored the game winner against Vegas and a hat trick against the Kings the very next day or in the very next game. Like there is no concern about the depth with this team. There might be some concerns with certain players. Like Nazem Kadri has been cold all season long. He's gotten one goal, I think, since March. And it was, a, it was a big goal against the Sharks, but he's been ice cold, I believe. If I remember correctly, he has 10 goals on 11. the season. 11. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, it's 11 now. And it's just he's been struggling a lot, but it you haven't really noticed results because of that. Because a guy like Burakovsky around him has been very good, and this is going to be Brandon Saad's first game back in about three weeks. We'll see where he is, but the depth players just find ways to come through when the top guys can't. Like Pierre Edouard Belmar just finds a way to score a random goal every once in a oh, while. Oh, we know. Yeah. And yeah. Just, out of nowhere, just like a, you're not even looking at the screen. All of a sudden, you hear that Belmar scored. He's just a prime example. I think Tyson Jost down the stretch has turned into an outstanding two-way player for this team. And lest we not forget, Alex Newhook is probably going to be in the lineup for game one. He has been a godsend. I love this kid, Alex Newhook. He is going to be, at very least, the future second-line center for this team behind mm -hmm. McKinnon. And he can be an impact player. As soon as this series, I mean, biggest game of his life last Monday against Vegas. I keep going back to this game. He puts up two points. He's in on both goals. He sets up the game winner. He does not flinch in the spotlight. He might be starting on the fourth line now that this team's healthy, but you just you keep going down the lineup and it, it just keeps getting better. Top line, I would say, is one of the best in the league. But if that's not there, you've got Burakovsky, Kadri and I believe it's going to be Donskoy for game one. Donskoy, he was cold for a little while, but in the last few games, he has gotten hot against the Kings. So he's broken out of that. The third line I love with Tyson Jost, Val Nachushkin, and Brandon Saad. I think that's one of the best third lines in the league, honestly. When Jost and Nachushkin, like they might not put up a ton of goals in this series, but they are going to grind the Blues and make them very frustrated. These guys are very solid defensive forwards and Brandon Saad can really bang in pucks in front of the net and now you're looking at Alex Newhook on the fourth line injecting some speed down there mm -hmm. with Pierre-Edouard Belmar and JT Comfer who I've had problems with most of the season but on the fourth line and coming into the playoffs as hot as he is no problem whatsoever he's been outstanding and the scratches even once guys start to go down which they will it's the playoff yeah. people get hurt mm -hmm. you can there are guys who've had plenty of experience this season plugging into even as high as the second line this season. So 
I do not worry about the depth at all, even if the McKinnon, Ranton, and Landeskog line is just quiet at times, which might be for a game or two, but I think those guys are ready to go. And I haven't even mentioned the defense yet. I mean, I feel like <laughs> I feel like I do this every time, but you have to is healthy. That's the scary thing. They've been unhealthy for the last little bit here. It, I can't really name a time where the defense has been 100% healthy this entire season, or at least I can't remember a time. We were missing Gerard for the last little bit. He came back for the final two games. Byram's been out for over a month. Bakar missed some time back in early March. Like now they're fully healthy. You've got Taze and Makar on a pairing together. That didn't work early in the season, but late in the season, one of the best in the league. You've got Gerard, who's just on that precipice of being elite. And we don't even know if Bo Byram's going to be in the lineup for game one, but there's that's how there's deep just, your defense is. is Bo, Bo Byram would be your extra. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> your I extra. Would, yeah. In my, in my opinion, I think that would just be because he hasn't played hockey in about a month, but and he's 19. It might be a lot to ask him to throw him right in there for that first playoff game when he's probably just getting back on the practice ice for the first time in a little bit. Yeah, well, but. there's discussion amongst the Blues of putting in Dakota Joshua for the playoffs. You made that we up. We are so I don't know who that drained. Is. <laughs> exactly! Exactly! <laughs> we only that is precisely Dakota our point. Joshua. We are grasping at straws right now. We are literally talking about Dakota Joshua because of the injury problems the Blues had this year. and They had no choice but to open the Dakota Joshua door on the NHL, <laughs> which to be fair, he's he has been good. He has he's been, been good. He's been a little bit of a fan favorite just because like, he's not afraid. He like knocked Ryan Reeves on his ass one game, which automatically endeared him to blues fans. Okay. Um, oh, yeah. He he's been in, I think two fights. Well, I guess one fight officially, but Dude. then he got a scrap yeah. in the, um, you know, final games. I, I say he's earned a – I think he's earned a roster spot. You know, I mean, next year I think he deserves strong consideration to be our fourth-line center. That's sure. kind of how much he's endeared us. But, yeah, he's still an unknown. I mean, he's played 12 games. He's not a scorer. He only has one goal and no assist this year, so it's not like he's going to light the lamp a lot. Um but it's like, yeah, we, we, we've had to rely on guys like him, guys like Nathan Walker, who is, uh, as Mason informed me before we recorded, he's now on the COVID list as well. So you don't have to deal with uh, Walker, Ozzy Ranger, um, which is just awesome. Uh, the Blues are without Jake. I've had a soft spot for Nathan Walker. He, is, when he, he made a little stint back in Washington. I, just, uh -huh. I saw That's his right. first career goal. I've, I've got a soft spot for Ozzy, Ozzy. That's right. It, you know, and he's a guy that I feel has been unlucky in his career because it just feels like he got a chance uh, last season for the Blues. He looked good. And then he just kind of got just he lost the numbers game, essentially. Then I think he got hurt as well. Mm -hmm. um, you know, just he just it strikes me as a guy that's like he's got the talent and someday he's going to score like, you know, 30 for a team and everyone's going to be surprised except for us because we've watched Walker and know that's what he's he's indeed capable of. Uh, by the way, you mentioned Alex Newhook, you know, talked a lot about him. We actually I think you were actually on our podcast the week that he was he signed his entry level deal and you were very excited about him. And uh, Blues fans, this is a guy you probably should watch out for. I mean, you look at his stat line, six games, three assists. He is a plus five, which, you know, for a 20-year-old getting his first NHL look, I mean, plus minus is not the end-all be-all for, you know, for stats. But it can it can kind of give you an indication of how well a guy is playing. Plus five is pretty good in six games. But the, th the thing that jumps out to me here, here Griffin, is that um, he gets just under 14 minutes per game of ice time, which tells me that Colorado has a lot of faith in this kid. 
And I'm wondering, you know, because uh, we have uh, uh, Clint Costin, who just finally made it over uh, to the States. He won the Gagarin Cup with uh, uh, Avangard Omsk this year. And um, he played in two games, played very well. He's probably, I think at this point, Mason, he might be a third liner for us with, with, with so. injuries and just kind of how things are are shaking out. But Costin uh, also got about 14 minutes of ice time in his two games. So um, this could be an interesting story here, Griffin, you know, of these two young guys who have something to prove in the NHL. Um, they might factor in pretty big this series. Yeah, absolutely. Alex Newhook, when he got his first call up to the NHL, he was plugged right onto the second line with Kadri and Burakovsky. This is the lowest he's been in the lineup for his entire NHL career. And it's mm -hmm. it's because of injuries for the most part that he was plugged up so high. But it says a lot about a kid making his NHL debut when you plug him into the top six. And there there were times like we, we were up big on the Kings. We plugged Alex Newhook up on the top line with Landis Gog and Ranton. And there's a lot of faith in this kid. And for good reason. I mean, obviously, he comes over from college hockey, finishes his season with Boston College, 16 points in 12 games. He's in a point per game in the World Juniors, and he's a point per game in the AHL, nine points in eight games. And he comes up, and you can see the impact that he has right away. I mean, the organization's known about him for a while. We drafted him back in 2019, the same year as Bo Byram. And there's been nothing that he's shown that says that he's he can't handle the NHL. And even if he doesn't make a big impact in this series, I can see him being a, a regular in this lineup, maybe even as high as the third line for, uh, for the rest of the season, as soon as next season, like he's a, he's going to be a big part of this team very soon. I think it's great that he's, I don't mind burning the entry level deal. I mean, we did that with McCarr and that's going to bite us a bit this off season, but when you have a chance and you have a kid like Newhook who's proven himself to be better than a lot of the NHL regulars that you've acquired. I mean, we traded for Carl Soderberg at the deadline and we're playing Newhook over him. Yeah. We spent assets on Soderberg. And Former Newhook, prospect, by the way, Carl Soderberg. Yeah. And the way back in the day, he got traded for Hanu Toivonen, which did not work out well. Exactly. No. But anyway, but I don't even know who that is. Uh, <laughs> I was hoping you guys did, but because I, I don't. A Boston, Boston goaltending prospect. That uh, this was during the time when the Blues, like this, was like right after the year they had like seven goaltenders play for them. They were looking, they were grasping at straws, trying to find a goalie of the future. Toivonen had promise, and then he came to St. Louis, and uh, that promise was got lost in customs. So, yeah. But like, but that's how most of our goaltending prospects are for perfectly. Yeah, honest. that's true. That's true. Brent Johnson, excuse me. Anyway, Chad yeah. Johnson. Well, he wasn't really. He was. He was a suspect. Not a prospect, but he, he was still here. He was a suspect. Um, you know what? Let Let's go ahead and uh, let's get into predictions here for this series. Oh, no. Um, before, oh, no. before we head out here, and I know, I know, Mason. I, I, we've dragged this as long as we could, but it's time to make some predictions. I think the way this this is going to be a series, I feel, where the direction is going to be set in game one. Yes. Because these are two hot teams right now. The Avs are eight and two in their last 10. They won their last five. The Blues have won their last three and are six, one and three in their last 10 games. So both are playing really good hockey. And whoever gets off on the right foot, you know, I, I think that's fair for any playoff series. But I feel this series in particular 
are the Blues for real? Are the Avs for real? They're gonna one team's gonna need to answer that after game one, and then they might, you know, ride out some momentum for you know for a few games. I just think that team's gonna be the Avs coming off. I think the Avs are pl- are just playing probably the best hockey in the NHL right now. You know, I, I don't think there's any other team that can really make that claim at the, at the moment. One time it was Vegas, but uh, uh, they allowed yeah. they allowed Colorado to pass them up a little bit. Um, I'm gonna say. I'm going to be the optimistic Blues fan and say Avs in six, which is optimism. Yeah, I mean, I, <laughs> that's I, was, I was going between Avs and five and Avs and six. I don't think the Blues will embarrass themselves that bad to get dumped out in five. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I see this as another a year where, um, you know, the Avs, the, the Avs and Blues may trade some games. It'll be three games to it'll be three games to one Avs. The Blues will sneak a win in Colorado, give us some false hope, and then they lose at home. As usual, like clockwork. Because like the Blues and home and 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 home ice during the playoffs don't mix. I mean, we won. Oh, and the, we won the game. Then they will. <laughs> we won the Stanley Cup after all in 2019 with a losing record at home in the playoffs, which has never that. happened. So. Um, it's literally yeah. never happened. It's just, yeah, so I, the only games at home that we won was Game Four against Boston. Yeah, and then the three series clinchy games. Yes, and then I think a few more, but that's yeah. it. It was it was it was so bizarre, and Very that trend continues. That that trend. I mean, even in this season, that kind of continues. So I say Avs and six. What do you got, Mason? I got Avs and five. If I'm perfectly honest, I think the Blues will get. I think the Blues will get lucky. I, and I think, keep in mind, I think at least two of those games are going to be down to the final two minutes of the game. Good. Two Very of well, those good. games, I think, you know, the Avs will just barely squeak in. And they won't be convincing wins. But, you know, that's two of them. I think the Blues do get one. I think the Blues, probably after a loss, as per usual, probably at Ball Arena, probably. you know, Bennington is going to play out of his mind. Ryan O'Reilly is going to say, fuck it, I'm not losing today, and then carry us and probably score 10 goals and win, you know. At least. Uh, at least 10 goals, yes. Ryan O'Reilly will score at least 10 goals in one game. So that'll be one of them. Uh, I say we lose game one. Uh, I say we lose game two. I say we win game th- or yeah. I say, no. I say we win game two, and then we lose three straight. So I'm going abs in five there. But like I said, you know, two of those games are going to be at least two of those abs wins are going to be close where it could have gone to either team. I think the Blues show up. I don't think they show up. You know, to the abs in six standard. I don't think. Yeah, St- uh, Stephen Glass, please. It's not going to be goaltending that kills the Blues. It'll be the crazy defense the Blues play. And by crazy, uh, that's another word for bad. So, Abs and Six, uh, Blues are a good road team, which I, I agree on. If, if I think it wouldn't shock me if the Blues got both of their wins on the road, you know, in this series against the Abs. Although, I feel Denver's like the one exception to mm-hmm. the Blues rule. They, the Blues don't seem to fare very well in Denver and, and especially Biddington Biddington. Like I, I still have nightmares over how he played in Colorado, you know, the last few games in Denver, he just got shelled, you know, it seemed like at least three or four times the last two years. So um, that's going to be an issue. Uh, but now Griffin, you're the Knights wild going right? overtime. We've zero, already, zero. we've already capitulated and said the abs are going to win this series in some way, shape or form. So go ahead and drive the dagger and tell us the abs are, why the abs are going to win in four. All right. Well, 
I believe sweeps are very hard to come by in the NHL. I have never predicted a sweep in my life, and I'm not going to start now. When I broke down this series, I made my initial prediction in my bracket. I said Avs in six because I respect the Blues. I think they're a very good team. I broke it down a little further, and I looked at how these te- these two teams matched up. Obviously, they played the first two games of the season. They split those, and they played in the entire month of April. The two games the Blues won in that month were when the Avalanche were without Grubauer and playing Devin Dubnik. They were without Mikko Rantanen. They were without Jonas Donskoy. They were, they were struggling pretty much and coming out of a COVID break where they were easy to throw off your momentum. Mm-hmm. And I give, the Bruce, I give the Blues credit because all of the games in that month were very close. They were all one-goal games or empty net games. So I have Avs in five. That's my per- official prediction on air, even though my bracket says six. I didn't fix it in time, but I have the Avalanche in five because I think this team is just coming in very hot right now. I don't think it's... I feel like when you say a series in five, it comes off as you think the series is going to be a blowout. I don't think it's going to be a blowout. I think there's going to be at least three one-goal games. I think at home, the Avalanche are going to take all three games. I Since... I th- they're on a significant winning streak at home. Their last home loss was in overtime to Vegas back in March. They've completely run the table at home recently. And as you said, the Blues do not have a positive history coming to Colorado. Coming to St. Louis, I think there will be a split there. And when it comes down to game five and just, it was also the loss of Perron that really just stuck in my mind. Like that's, that's a, that's a momentum killer. Honestly, yeah. like before the same guy, he just won. Yeah, it's yeah. that's. I mean, Perron's probably my favorite blue. If I'm being honest, I've just always had a soft spot for mm-hmm. Perron, so maybe I'm biased a little bit towards him. But not O'Reilly. <laughs> no, no, I don't. I don't dislike him as much as other people in the Avalanche. I'm indifferent on O'Reilly. Very good gotcha. hockey player, but but just that's a momentum killer because you you're already trying to climb uphill before the series even begins and it's already against the team like the avalanche and just when you just look at these two teams head to head where do the blues have the advantage that can be exploited i mean it's the playoffs anything can happen so i would not be surprised to see see this series go six i think the the blues are experienced they they've won the stanley cup obviously two years ago and this is mainly the same team Mm mm-hmm Bounces, all that, yada, yada. I, I see a five-game series for the Avalanche, but not one that has you guys with, like, head in your hands and the, the wrap-up episode. I, th- I think it'll be a respectable series. Like, I think the Blues are going to make them work for it, and for sure. five games should not be treated as a blowout because it won't be. These will be very good games, mm-hmm. and... I think it's. I think it's going to be fun. I think it's the It'll be fun series. Going to get pretty ramped up pretty quickly, and I think this series is also going to dispel a lot of misconceptions about the Avalanche team that they're soft and don't play defense. Because Nathan McKinnon got into a fight not that long ago defending one of He's, his teammates. He can be honorary. He can be honorary. I've, mm-hmm. I've, I've seen him chirp the refs and, and, and he's, 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 he's not the coach last year. Although yeah, he, this season, like 
Yeah, he he's, he doesn't back down. I he's a raging bull. I, I I I love McKinnon. He I did and, throw his helmet. I remember that. That was funny. <laughs> I love I love McKinnon. I love the I love his game. I love the way he plays. Yeah, I thought going into this year he was the best player in hockey. I think McDavid has, may have taken that mantle back. You know, with his incredible year this year. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm with you. I think, I think it'll be an exciting series. We'll see some OT games. I mean, Definitely. for a couple reasons, some OT uh, games. Vegas blues fan thinks the Az will probably win two games in overtime. Um, uh, but also I think there might be some OT games cause there's been three playoff games at the time of this recording and three overtimes. All yeah. I mean, wh- why not just follow like 2019 over again? I mean, 2019 was full OT games. Yeah. We, we might have an overtime game tomorrow for all we know, just the way everything's going right now. You got the caps and the Bruins, you got the penguins and the Islanders. Now you got Minnesota and Vegas going over tied at zero, which is just, that's why is it tied at zero? Cam Talbot's not that good. Yeah, he just scored seven on him the other night. So, yeah, or no, that was Kakin and never mind. This is this is why I wanted Vegas to play Minnesota because Minnesota gives Vegas everything they can handle. So, whoever comes out of our series, they're gonna get a beat up Vegas team because I have Vegas winning, but in that series, well, I think 90% of the hockey world has Vegas winning. Minnesota's actually surprised, like, kind of like dark horse underdog pick you know hits yeah for a lot of people but they're not getting past vegas and i was gonna ask you to wrap up the conversation that leads us perfectly into it here i believe it's fair to say mason and i are both wild fans at least for the for the round one series because we play minnesota well and we do not play vegas well that's just a fact of life and also um vegas is annoying you know, we've we we've been dealing with their fans and their uh their I, I forgive them. They're learning how to play. They're learning how hockey. Works. Give them so, a few years. Give them a few years. Once Vegas, I, they, mind, they are they are ex Arizona fans, and so they are getting their first taste of victory in their uh, entire long hockey uh, miserable uh, existences. So give them out. a little bit of a slide. Shout out to Corey and Richie if you're listening to this show right now. By Shout the way. out to AZ Sports. <laughs> 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 we know, yeah, we, we know a few uh, Arizona uh, content creators, but uh, yeah, we're uh, Blues fans. I mean, if if by some miracle we get through uh, Colorado, we're definitely hoping for Minnesota because we mm-hmm. we have been able to. I mean, not just hand, not just play well against Minnesota, but play like able to manhandle them. Honestly, it's there have been just manhandle nine to one at one point. One, yeah, we, the literally the last game of the season, we scored seven straight. Yeah. It was you know, uh, after going down three nothing, which you know that's that's blues hockey for you there. Always a yes. roller But who are you hoping for in the second round? Do you do you want to beat the best in Vegas, or would you rather you know face the so called team of destiny in Minnesota? You know, I've gone back and forth on it because the fan part of me wants Vegas. Like that's what that, I feel like. That's what this season has been building towards all season. I've said it a ton of times that like. I feel like nothing before the second round really matters. And I'm, I'm not looking past the Blues. I'm fully focused on the Blues right now. But like coming into the playoffs and like months ago, I feel, it just feels like there is a crash course between Vegas and Colorado that these are two of the best teams in the NHL. And to not see a seven-game series between them would be disheartening. Because I, the Avalanche, in my opinion, are better than Vegas, and they would beat Vegas in a seven-game series, and I, w- I would love to prove that and have that be on, like the the championship DVD when the Avalanche go on to win the cup, and oh like that'll be a great series, by the way. Yeah, and 
as my, I, I would want to play the wild, obviously, because the wild are an easier series for us. Like there's been times we've stomped the wild this season, but it's, I feel like I would just be robbed of, I think what would be one of the best playoff series of a long time. Like That's true. last season, we got robbed of it in the bubble with Dallas taking us both out, but I would Honestly, love to see I, a Colorado Vegas. I would love to see that. Yeah. Just, yeah. And like, I wouldn't mind Minnesota. I mean, what I'm, when I'm watching right now, I have no rooting interest either way. I'll put it like that. If it happens to be Minnesota who takes advantage of that matchup against Vegas, and so that's who we see in the second round, I will have no complaints. We have a huge beef with Minnesota, and it would be just as satisfying to take them down in the second round because they're our, like, our big rival, if you want to call them that. Just think. But to not see Vegas after all this time, and I, I feel like I would go into that series against Minnesota mad. Like, you took that from us, so now we're going to kick the shit. Yeah. So. Well, I'm, I'm hoping for an exciting series here between the Blues and the Avs. It'll for need sure. to be exciting because the uh, puck drop started 8.30 local time and 9 o'clock local time here in St. Louis, so we need excitement to stay awake. Thank you, NHL. On the East Coast. Coming up clutch yes. once again. Yes, yes, I know. Good job, NHL. Hey, I'm an hour behind you, so I mean, I'm a, I'm a perfectly okay with that. Yeah, you're, it doesn't you're affect okay me that it. much. Then our buddy, oh, I used to, well, I used to live on the West Coast, so I didn't like. I was like, oh, what a bunch of babies. And now that I'm literally one hour ahead, I'm like, oh yeah, this kind of sucks. And then you're gonna move here eventually, and then you're just gonna you're, no, no, you're no. gonna be as salty as as the rest of us are over there. Then NHL. I'm gonna turn into a soccer fan. I'll be a soccer soccer fan then city sc starting in 2023 uh yeah. there we go so um all right griffin well we'll best of luck not too much this series and not uh too much. uh before Won't you go uh, where can we find you well you can find my show at tell it abs it is wherever you get your hockey podcast just soundcloud spotify apple podcast wherever you get your shows new episodes come out every monday and thursday if you want to re-listen to this this will be part of my episode coming out tomorrow along with my private preview of this series and some of my predictions for the playoffs as a whole coming up. You can follow me personally at G Young's NHL and follow the show at Tell It As It Is. I also work for uh, fansided.com. I write articles occasionally. Now that my college semester is finishing up, I'll be writing articles a lot more. So if you want to keep up with those, you can follow me at G Young's NHL. And yeah, guys, I'm I'm looking forward to this series. This is the one I've wanted, like I mentioned earlier, and I think this is going to be entertaining. I don't think I'm going to be sitting here with my feet up at the end of every third period. I think these are going to be very good, entertaining hockey games. So, yeah, best mm -hmm. of luck to you guys. I have I have very little ill will towards the Blues. There are teams I dislike. The Blues are not one of them. So when mm -hmm. the Avalanche win this series in five, know that I'll feel a little bit bad about it. Okay. Well, and it's kind of interesting. Like I know the Blues and Abs. I would say that's a from our perspective, a little bit of a competitive rivalry. But it's it, there. I don't think there's really a ton of bla a bad blood towards Colorado. No. I mean, we don't really have no. much. When, I, when mean, that, I mean, when Patrick Waugh was coaching the Abs, I mean, it seemed like you know he always was a soundbite machine and he would try to rile us up. But lately, it just yeah, they're a good team. That's kind of what we feel like. So yeah, yeah. I mean. I mean, maybe we can have that conversation again in a week, but yeah, we'll see how we're feeling in a, in, in a week. In a we'll week. see what happens. You know, I mean, I, 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 one of us may have a drinking problem by this time next week, so we'll at least one of us. <laughs> at least one of us. We'll see. Well, yeah, you're you're not you're not legal yet, are you? 
Mason. Who cares? <laughs> coming soon legal drinking for mason Alrighty, griffin well thanks a lot for being on the show yeah no problem thank you guys for having me all right good luck all right griffin young's uh tell it as it is podcast uh i i even gave him the opening to say hey abs in four why is it gonna happen and he's like no he, he abs in five so he's a nice guy he's got more faith in the blues than we do that's kind of sad <laughs> kind of, well hey i said i said abs in six so i yeah. i i have a little more faith but i don't know well, who knows? Yeah, it's true. blues hockey. It, I mean, who, it is. Yes. Whoever really knows with the St. Louis Blues, you, you never uh-huh. do. You never do. Uh, and speaking of things that uh, who knows, um, how about this this rumor that uh, Elliot Friedman dropped during the week, uh, just casually mentioning uh, that the Blues might be players for Jack Eichel. Uh, he noted that the uh, the Blues would have the pieces needed to get him. Now. When it comes to Jack Eichel, first of all, I had a chance to meet him at the 2020 All-Star Game Media Days. Nice guy, very determined, you know, just, you know, g- good personality. Like, he's he's got everything you would want uh, in, in a star player, I feel. Like, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't you know, make waves usually. Um, and he's a talented guy. He plays hard every night. He's a, he's a perennial point-per-game guy. Um, I don't know if I want him, though. I don't. I, I don't know if I mean it's tantalizing. He's a he's he he's he's a you know just one of the sexy talents that are in the NHL right now. Like he's he's probably in a tier below you know like the like the McDavid's and the McKinnons of the world. You know probably just a rung under that at this point. But I don't want him for the simple uh, fact that it's going to cost a lot to get him yeah you're gonna be competing with just about every other nhl team because it's jack heichel and you, of course you want to at least get your name into the conversation but i'm not comfortable losing a robert thomas and a jordan Cairo for and perhaps other people you know because yeah yeah because i mean it's going to cost a lot for us. And the, the way that the blues are structured is we use every goddamn cent of the salary cap. We yeah. do not, we do not leave. We're, we're the we only team that's more confident. Yes. Toronto is about the only other team in the entire NHL that is more cap strapped than us. But yeah. I mean, yeah, we, we play up to the, and we're just not deep enough. You know, if we ha- get a Jack Eichel, we're getting rid of a lot of depth. We rely yeah. on our bottom three. And I know like we don't necessarily have a top line, but we rely on pretty much all of our lines pretty much equally, you know, not, you know, obviously the top two are the top two lines. We got our big six, got our big seven players actually on the, on the front forward lines. But after that, you know, I can't, I mean, we used to have the best fourth line in the league. I think that's slipping away from us, you know, just because a, yeah. because of all the injuries B because, you know, players are getting older and especially next off season, it's going to be, it's going to be tough. Cause there's going to be a lot of names already gone to begin with. We're going to be like playing like AHL third liners in a second here. If we do Jack Eichel. So I yeah. don't think it's going to be worth it. It's going to be, it's, it would be, it would put us into a situation like Chicago is, you know, where you have a lot of money thrown at like four or five players. And then you have to fill the rest of your lineup with the Rockford Ice Hogs. You know, yeah. that's just, it, it, it doesn't work long term. Vegas Blues fan agrees, not worth what we would have to give up not to get it. him. Uh, not only that, but like he just had surgery on his neck. He just True. had. A- 
He had a herniated disc in his neck that he just had surgery on, and you're ready to throw Robert Thomas and uh, Jordan Cairo. And no, but and for the Blues fans are saying, well, why don't we just trade him Zach Sanford and, and Vince Dunn? <laughs> uh, that that's that's not how trades work. They're not going to do that, especially like like I. A lot of people think that Eichel end up with the Rangers. Look at the Rangers and look what what they've in their rebuild that they've done the past couple of years. They're loaded with young players. Mm-hmm. Young, I mean, they just gave away Lias Anderson last year. Just, I mean, they, they and they're still okay. They're still fine. They, they they got a second round for them. They're like, yeah, so what? Whatever. Lias Anderson could be a good good NHL player, uh, and I think he took some good steps this year in LA. But yeah, it's it's you're you're mortgaging a lot of your future when you don't have much of a future in the Blues farm system. The the farm system's depleted. They have probably one of the five. You know, they're probably one of the five, five worst. Yeah. You know, farm systems right now, just because you've had to sacrifice, and a part of it is because of success. I mean, you know, you the Blues have not drafted you know, much in the top fifteen in the last you know 10, 15 years, and that's a testament to success on the ice. But you you lose out on a lot of prime talent, yeah. and you know talent that you know not just plays for your team, but then could be traded for other assets. Um, right. Instead, the Blues have done well in drafting, and they've traded their talent for assets. Dominic Bach, I don't think we're going to miss him. He's by all accounts, I think that he's already becoming a suspect in the Carolina system. So, yeah. you know, he was a four, he was a late first rounder. Uh, Clint Costin, the future is still kind of up in the air with him. Although, I'm I'm still encouraged by by how he's looked so far. But it's just for one player, I I don't think, and like I said, I don't think Eichel's in that Connor McDavid, Leon Drysaitel, Nathan McKinnon class. Not quite. He's just mm-hmm. like a step below. And I don't, I just don't think it's going to be worth it. And and not only that, but it's like, didn't we just rescue Ryan O'Reilly from Buffalo because, and part of the reason he wanted to get out of Buffalo was because he was second fiddle to Jack Idle, Jack Eichel. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that that's what we did. Yeah. I mean, because I mean, Ryan O'Reilly had no future in Buffalo. He had flat out said, "We rescued him," is what we did. We did. We rescued him. Yeah. So I mean, <laughs> yeah. Jack Eichel, we can't we can't keep rescuing Buffalo process. Uh, Buffalo, yeah. we can't keep rescuing Buffalo players. All right, that's not no. we're not like a safe haven for them. Okay, let's get that straight real quick. I I feel that's a card you can play once. Yeah, in, in like every ten or fifteen years. But if you try to do it too quickly, it's yeah, and and it, it just yeah the and the neck injury just scares me because a, as you know. Uh, Mason, when you're dealing with spinal problems, uh, that can really drag you down and just be absolute hell. Like you're, you're this pillow that. is the only reason I can sit down. <laughs> it's the only reason I can sit down for this long. Well, you, 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 you literally just asked me. You know, we need to wrap up here uh, pretty soon because you're in agony. So I got 30 minutes. Yeah, I got 30 yeah. minutes left, and I, I can't. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well. <laughs> Luckily, uh, we are in the second round of our bl- our, our bare knuckle blues bracket, and we're going to get to that right now, and we're going to plow through that right now, uh, just to get it done and out of the way. And of course, to do that, I have to put this up, and the second round of the bare knuckle blues bracket is here. You have made your selections during the week. They mostly matched up with ours last week, but uh, with some exceptions. And uh, let's go ahead and head to that bracket right now. I need to put it up on the screen for our uh, video uh, listeners here. And um, 
we have a to- we have narrowed the list down from 32 to 16, meaning we have eight matches to uh, get through here. Uh, if you are uh, looking at the screen right now, you can see uh, at least uh, three of those uh, matchups here. We have uh, Vladimir Tarasenko versus Nathan Walker, Brayden Shen versus Clem Costin, Dakota Joshua versus Carl Gunnarsson, David Perron. Uh, versus Alex Steen, assuming he's healthy. Of course, all these we assume all these players are healthy. Vince mm-hmm. Dunn versus Sammy Blay, Justin Falk versus Kyle Clifford, and Nico Mikola against Robert Bortuzzo, and finally Tori Krug against Jordan Bennington. Bennington winning the goalie battle. Uh, there was one exception in our fan polls this week. Uh, otherwise, you guys were pretty much right along we uh, with us. You picked. Oscar Sunquist to beat David Perron in the fight, but it was really close. I think it, it was like one vote uh, separated that. So I thought that was kind of an interesting result here. We can kind of talk about that as we get to uh, that particular matchup. But let's go ahead and get into our first matchup here today. We have Vladimir Tarasenko taking on Walker Aussie Ranger, Nathan Walker. Tail of the tape here. Uh, Tarasenko, three NHL fights. He has a 3-0 and hockey fights record. Uh, he has 388 hits and 531 NHL games. He's six foot, 225 pounds. He takes on Walker, who has one NHL fight. He got beat up by Andrew Shaw, uh, but, he 20, but he did have 23 fights in the minors and juniors, so he's got moxie. Uh, he averages almost two hits per game, 18 hits and 10 NHL games. But he's five foot nine, 186 pounds. I would give just for the size difference alone. I would give this one to Tarasenko. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah, I'm with you there. Well, I mean, first off, he's 3-0 and in the NHL. NHL <laughs> fights and minor league fights, very different ball game kind of That's thing. True. So I am definitely in the route of, uh, yeah, Tarasenko absolutely moves on. And not only that, you know, he Tarasenko's just a hitting machine too. I mean, he's got moxie, especially with his shoulder. You know, he, he did have an injured shoulder. He's still hitting out there. He yeah. hasn't let up, you know, he can still fight. And, you know, I mean, let's see. One, that's a three-inch difference, too. Three-inch difference, and that's nearly 40-pound difference. Sorry, Walker. You're gonna get wiped on by Vladimir Tarasenko. I think it's fair to say. I, I think that's very uh safe to say there as well. And uh, by the way, a quick scoring update here. Uh the Minnesota Wild have won in time. So the first blow goes to the Minnesota <laughs> Wild, which uh, that deserves a horn. Yeah. Oh, goodness. Uh, you got to love it. So there we go. Wilder up 1-0 on the uh, seemingly unbeatable Vegas Gold Knights. Unbeatable if you're at least a Blues fan anyway. Yeah. Um, all right. So back to the bracket here. Our next matchup here, Braden Shen versus Klim. Costin, uh, Clem Shady, and uh, tail of the tape here. Uh, Braden Shen has uh, 28 NHL fights, which still just blows my mind. You don't, you don't think that with Braden, but he's he's ornery. 14 and 14 record, averages over two hits per game, over 1500 and over 700 games. He's taking on any six foot one, 200 pounds versus Clem Costin, who had one preseason fight, hasn't fought yet in the regular season. He has a 4-0 record in the AHL. He is a uh, hit machine, and he's six foot three, 212 pounds, so he's got the size advantage. Um, look, Ter- Brain Shen is as tough as they come. 
He might be my favorite blue at this point. I, I, I go back and forth on it. Um, I've got a jersey of his. Um, but against Clem Shady, I think I think Clem would just I I, I think he would just out muscle Braden Shen. Yeah, definitely. I uh, I mean, no, listen, Braden Chen has uh, obviously got a lot of snarl in him. He's got so much experience. But honestly, Clint, six foot three, he's got a 12 pound, he's got 12 pounds over Braden Chen. And I think Clem Costin, if he were to have 10 NHL fights, he'd win at least eight of them. I, I would know. So I'm actually, I know that Chen's got a lot of experience, but Clem Costin, I got, I got to go with him. I have to. I mean, twenty-eight is a lot of experience in a fight. It really he, is. You know, he's 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 getting older. You know, Braden Shen is getting older. He's probably losing some of that, you know, fighting spirit in him. I think Cliff Gosson has got it just based on you know youth, yeah. based on size, and uh, based on record. I mean, four and zero in the AHL, which is pretty good. You know, because a lot of players in the AHL. That's that's where a lot of the grinders and enforcers go. So yeah. I mean, I I, I got Klim over this one. Which, by the way, in our next round sets up an all-Russian battle: Vladimir Tarasenko versus Klim. There we go. So there we go. Now we know who uh, who will perish Troika the hardest. All right. Uh, next matchup, we have Dakota Joshua taking on Carl Gunnarsson. And this is another match. Do we even do we even need to no. go over it? Just like let's just, yeah, Dakota. We know Carl Gunnarsson is made out of glass, and Dakilla is willing to run over Ryan Reeves. He'll probably run over your mother as well. Um, and going up against Carl Gunnarsson, no contest, no, no, no contest. Dakilla wins, and that's it's it, and it will not be pretty. No, the show will be probably the, pro, the show will probably be rated TV fourteen. Just you know, just for that match alone, not it oh, won't for sure. Uh, absolutely sure. absolutely um next matchup we have david perron taking on alex steen of course you know again we assume all players are healthy here perron two nhl fights he has a one oh and one record he drew against bobby ryan uh he averages about 1.2 hits per game uh, over 1100 hits and over 900 games uh six foot uh 200 pounds by the way fans you you guys thought it should be sunquist here so that's just that's kind of interesting um, and I don't necessarily, I don't, I, I can see that. I, I don't, we were kind of torn on that one last week. If I, if I recall, in fact, I, yeah, went, I had Sunquist winning that one. You had yeah. Perron. I had Sunquist. We did a poll on uh, that. It, it it didn't matter. Like the initial poll said Perron. So, and I also don't think it's going to matter because he's going to take on Alex Steen, who has a one and one NHL record. Uh, not a big hitter, six foot, 211 pounds, but in a fight between an honorary French Canadian and an old war horse, I have a hard time. <laughs> I, I have a hard time going against the old war horse here. Yeah, for and sure. I, no, I'm with you there. Not only that, but I know Luke Whitbin is uh, watching and listening right now, and he is like an Alex Dean super fan. And he would probably he, he'll probably tell us to stop using his music in our in our podcast if we said <laughs> Ferrand. So, uh, we're gonna go with Steen to preserve the uh, the rights to his music. So there we go. Uh, there we go. Next matchup, we have uh, Vince Dunn taking on Sammy Blay. This one could be an interesting one. Uh, two NHL fights, one and one uh, record for Vince Dunn. Three fights in the AHL, four in the juniors. Uh, not a big hitter, 163 hits in 267 games. Six foot, 203 pounds. But we know Dunn can be pissy for every, every now and then, and he he's not afraid of going after an opponent. Um, he uh, asked asked Drake Kajula about that. Um, he's taking on Sammy Blake. 
What exactly? No NHL fights for Blay. One in the AHL, one in the Q. But Sammy Blay lives for hitting people. He has yes. uh, he is averages over three hits per game, three hundred sixty five hits in it, one hundred eighteen games. He's also got the side. He's got the height advantage at six foot two, two oh five. Weights about the same. So I'm going with Dunn. You know, personally, I'm going with Dunn just because Dunn knows how to fight. You know, we've seen him, you know, beat up Drake and Jula twice. We've seen him fight in the AHL. That is like when we heard that Vince Dunn was going to be on the Blues NHL roster three years ago. The first thing we thought of, isn't he the guy who got in a fight in the juniors in like literally the Zamboni entrance? Exactly. So, yeah, I'm sorry. Like, Blay might have the size advantage, but even then, you know, like 205 versus 203, that's that's not a big difference. But with Dunn, because it's more compact, you've got more punch. You know, you've got more punch per frame, I guess you could say, you know, so just pretty much for that reason, I'm going done. And uh, Derek also believes uh, Blay regarding Blay hits don't equal fights, which is true, which is true. And I think you made that point as well when we were uh, setting up the uh, bracket itself. Mm -hmm. I'll go with that. I'll go. I'll I'll, I'll, I'll go with Vince Dunn. yeah, it, it's it's he's he, he's got kind of a he's got that kind of a honey badger moxie about him whenever for sure he gets in a mood and if he's in a mood, um, uh, yeah, he's kind of hard to put down. I mean, and, and then as you said, I mean, yeah, Blake can hit. We he doesn't have the track record for fights, so um, for that for that I guess for the experience, I guess we'll go with uh, yeah on, on that one. Uh, next fight, this one's kind of an interesting one here. Um, Justin Falk versus Kyle Clifford. Uh, Justin Falk uh, beat Colton Pareko in the first round, which I think some might consider an upset. Uh, Kyle Clifford uh, beat Mackenzie McEckern, which many would consider not an upset. Not an upset. <laughs> not an upset <laughs> that's a that's all. a Blues versus Av series right there. <laughs> exactly. So so we got an interesting tale of the tape here. So Falk's been in seven NHL fights. He has a three zero and four record. He has a four fight draw streak. He uh, averages 1.6 hits per game, over 1,100 hits in his career, nearly 700 games. Six foot two seventeen. He's taking on Kyle Clifford, the man who has 96 NHL fights. And with, when you have that many fights, I don't feel records matter. Um, no. <laughs> over 1,500 hits in uh, just over 700 games. So he averages a little over two hits per game. Six foot two, 211 pounds. Look. Justin Falk is a tough character. He is as tough as they come. He's not afraid. He would not be afraid of Kyle Clifford in this fight, but I feel Clifford has an extra gear in him when it comes to (laughs) physical violence. And at at least he did. I I think he still does. And and, 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 Clifford has fought Ryan Reeves five times. So yeah, no. Yeah. Sorry, Justin. I mean, he's that's a respectable three Oh and four. Justin Falk knows how to scrap. And as we go deeper into this bracket, you'll find a lot of these guys will know how to scrap. Yes, but this is when the decisions start getting hard. Where the guys who know how to fight, you know, they're not easy. This is not like a Carl Gunnarsson versus Sammy Blay matchup anymore. This is a you know Falk who knows how to fight versus Clifford who knows how to fight really well. Exactly. So just for pretty much for that reason alone, you know, Kyle Clifford, I think's got to be it. It would be close. I, I think, think if you made him, I think if you made them fight five times, it would be three two Clifford. If I'm perfectly honest, and, and so. you know what, I think I think that would just you know just for pure entertainment value alone those would be fun fights yeah neither one's backing down from the other 
No way. Not at all. Uh, so we'll give Clifford the edge. So yeah. I, that, that, that I feel comfortable saying that. Uh, next one is uh, Nico Mikola versus Robert Bortuzzo. Um, the youngster Mikola has one NHL fight. He beat up Maxime Comtois this year, uh, 48 hits, 33 games, about a hit and a half per game, uh, tall six foot four, 185 pounds, but he's giving up about 30 pounds to Robert Bortuzzo, who has 29 NHL fights, mm. 11 and four. He has, uh, about 1.3 hits per game, but he's also six foot four, 216 pounds. Look, I love Nico Mikola. Um, Me too. He's one of the autograph pucks that I've I've gotten from the mystery pucks this year that are now on top of my uh, whiteboard. Um, but it's Robert Bertuzzo. And yeah. Robert Bertuzzo is part of the inspiration for this whole bracket because, again, the winner gets to beat up Zach Sanford in practice. Yeah, and yeah, that's going to be fuel for Robert <laughs> Bertuzzo. He's like, oh, I got to do this now. I got to yeah. go. So that gives them a slight edge to begin with, even if they were even. But yeah, I mean, Nico, Nico, like I said, 6 of 4, 185, that's a stick. Yeah. He's a snake. Maybe, you know, if he pulls Jordan Kyra in this offseason and perhaps the next and he bulks up, maybe that's a closer competition. As of right now, I mean, 29 fights, dude. Yeah. Rob Bortuzzo's well, got 29. He, and, he yeah, this is I'm this isn't really a contest. And I'm starting to see what Derek is seeing here. I feel this tournament is just gonna come down to Bortz and Clifford, which it very well could. Mm-hmm. Um, there's I mean Dakota Joshua is still alive, um, Claston's mm-hmm. still alive. And then we got to pick our final matchup here, which is uh, Tory Krug versus Jordan Bennington. Krug has twelve NHL fights, but he has a four and four, five and three record. Five foot nine, one hundred eighty-six pounds. The guy is tiny, um, and he has less than a hit per game. Taking on Jordan Bennington, who has two AHL fights. He wanted to fight the entire San Jose Sharks roster a uh, while ago. Six foot one, one hundred seventy-four pounds. Um, now, should we should we make a disclaimer here? Uh, is where are we saying Bennington's still in his goalie gear or no? No, I don't think so. I think I think he takes the I think he takes the leg pads off. Okay, so so we're saying no pads. This is this is just like hockey jersey and maybe like some pants. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I say I say Bennington gets to keep the chest protector just so that you know he can get a little bit more weight on that one hundred seventy four pound stick of a stature. Yeah, he. Uh, and, yeah, but and I've seen him in in the locker room. He is a twig. Mm-hmm. He isn't. He he is very slight. But as we all know, Bennington's. You know, he's very honorary. Um, and uh, and I, I. Crew kind of has honey badger energy a little bit, you know, yeah. you know, with those 12 fights. I mean, he'll, you know, I'll still go Bennington. You would go I Bennington. Think- I'd go Krug. I'm going Krug uh, just because one, that's a big pound difference. And okay. I think Tory Krug's got snarl. Okay. John Hefner, Derek Vegas blues fan. If you're with uh, list still with us listening and watching Krug or Bennington. Because I mean, I, I at first I I'm thought I, I thought Biddington had a you know he's got a special kind of crazy about him, um, where I mean I don't think I mean he I don't think he'd back down, but just because you want you, you show you want to fight an entire team, like what would happen if he actually did? You know, like in San Jose, I mean, like I I mean, would he still? I mean, would he would he have backed down eventually? Uh, Derek says Krug, John Krug. says yep. Krug, um, Vegas Blues fan uh, who. Feels we should not have picked Steen, by the way. Um, but I, I still, I, I think Steen's I a horse. Yeah. 
Uh, he hasn't ch- chimed in yet, but you know what? The eyes have it. I'm going to say Tory Krug wins. Mm-hmm. I, I, I was on the fence about it, and they they and I asked for that quick poll just because I needed a nudge over it. Um, both are very emotional players, as Derek yes. points out. But it's just you 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 hit it on the head with by pointing out that how thin Bennington is. It's just mm-hmm. like he's got the heart, but he just does not have the physical. He doesn't have the stature. And no. also, if he went up, think of it this: we're probably saving his life here because he would go up against both yeah. <laughs> next round. Yeah, and that would that that would not be a that would not go well. <laughs> that would not that is that's not going well for either of them, especially not. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I mean, just think of the sound of a twig snapping. That would be pretty much you know define that fight. So, uh, Vegas being a Blues fan thinks we should have picked Bennington, but it just it's it's the size. I mean, and, and it's it's, it's worth yeah. saying that because he's going up against five foot nine, one hundred eighty six pound Tory Crew, who's not who's not exactly you know a gladiator, but. That and just, just I and I think they match each other on emotions. It's just I think Krug would would I think Bennington would get hurt. So yeah. I, I that just that just flat out. So uh, Krug wins. So that sets up our uh, quarterfinals mm-hmm. uh, next week. Uh, actually, actually take it back. Semifinals next week. Semifinals next week. It would be no wait no quarterfinal. No, it would be quarterfinals because there's there's what still. Are- Four matches. Oh, there's two more. Yes. Okay. Yeah, you're right. So we have Vladimir Tarasenko versus Klim Kostin, the Battle of Russia. Uh, we have Dakota Joshua versus Alex Steen. We have Vince Dunn versus Kyle Clifford. And then we have Robert Bortuzzo versus Tori Krug, which I will say, just looking at the rest of the field, the one surprise I would probably say, you know, in this entire tournament that's still alive would be Tori Krug. Because I mean, you don't think of Tory Krug as a you know a, a, a knockout dragout guy, but uh, he's he had the advantage of some some good matchups. Mm-hmm. So uh, and then also yeah. I think I think Steen got a little lucky as well. A little bit, yeah. Like, like, sure. I, like and to the fans' point, I, if it was Sunquist versus Steen, you would you uh, would you have gone Sunquist? Probably, actually, I probably, probably, probably would have. I probably would have too. I would yeah. do, but uh, oh well. Twenty twenty, and I wear glasses for a reason. So, <laughs> um, yeah. So that's gonna do it for this episode of Blue Notes. Uh, any final thoughts, Mason? Nope, don't think so. Just uh, looking forward to game one. It is gonna be an ass kicking, but it's gonna be a fun ass kicking. It's gonna so. be, and it'll keep us up when it's eleven thirty at night, and they're just getting into the third row. So it's true. Yeah, good times to be had for sure. So that's going to do it for us here at Blue Notes. I want to thank you for listening and watching because without you, there is no me. Well, there is no Wags. He's at a wedding in North nope. Carolina this week. And there would be no Mason Blues Fan Reacts. And, of course, no Hockey Podcast Network. I'm Tom Franklin reminding you to not be a chump and... Oh, baby! The Blues are still alive! And also play to the whistle. A reminder that you can follow Blue Notes on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Blue Notes Pod. I'm the voice of the blues, Tom Calhoun. Jeremy Boyer, play us out.
You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. New episodes every Monday. Download at the hockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Oh, and the Wild won, and our former captain turned the puck over for Vegas. (laughs) 